Welcome to another edition of the Joy and Pain Sports Podcast. I'm Chris DiGeronimo, and I'm joined today by Ryan Lespin and Kenny Sorrentino. How are you doing today, guys? Not bad. A little wet. It's a little rainy out. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, just, you know, getting back from break and uh, doing well. All right, so today we're going to step away from the sports news type of model of this podcast, and we're going to go with more of like a, a list, and we're going to... Uh, we are going to rank our top five most loved jerseys in all of sports history. And then we're going to rank our top three moments uh, in sports games that we watched on TV or have been to at the game itself. So we're going to start with the jersey rankings. And I'll start with my, my fifth. We're going to go five for each of us and four, three, two, one in that order. So let's start. So my top, my fifth all-time jersey is the New York Rangers Liberty jersey. They wore these like I think late '90s to early 2000s. I like this jersey because it's like it's a variation of the Rangers regular jersey, and then they incorporated like the New York uh, skyline in it and the the Liberty head. It's it's really cool logo and jersey overall. So I just like the look of it, and they were pretty successful in the Boston. So that's also a reason why I like them. Yeah, those are pretty cool jerseys. I really like those as well. They didn't crack my top five all time, but they were some pretty cool jerseys for a, a pretty cool team, if I do say so myself. Um, Ryan here, I'll go with my number five jersey. Um, the 2015-2016 Juventus uh, road jersey, which was a all-pink jersey with black shorts um and they had jeep as the sponsor in the middle of the jersey um I, I i've loved this jersey since it came out i tried to buy it a couple times um to no avail um it just you don't typically see a team wear a pink jersey at least a, a, a men's team wear a pink jersey and i don't know jeep is just a cool sponsor to have as a a, a logo uh, on your jersey and i just always loved the look of this jersey um, Juventus, I've never had anything against Juventus being a Tottenham fan. Um, so I just really always loved this looking jersey. And hopefully one day I'll find one on sale somewhere. And coming in at my number five jersey, I'm choosing the early 90s New England Patriots uh, home blue jerseys. It had like blue and a lighter shade of blue alternating down the front and the back of the jersey, white numbers, red drop shadow, and the big flying Elvis on the shoulders. Uh, this was my first real exposure to professional sports, and I just thought the jersey was cool and kind of how I became a Patriots fan. Okay, any quick question. Shoot. Does the Pat Patriot, uh, Patriot jerseys crack your list or, or no? This is the only appearance. Oh, the, the, the old, old ones? Yeah, the, the old ones from like the AFL, the ones uh, that they wore for the throwback nope, one. Nope, Okay, because I... And it's because, it's because playing Madden 09 growing up, <laughs> I didn't like how they looked because they looked more orange than red, and it threw okay. me off, and that's the reason. So thank you, EA Sports. This is all <laughs> your fault, and bring back NCAA football. Look, as, as a Jeff fan, I, I really appreciate the, the Pat Patriot jerseys because I like how clean they are. They, they look really, like, nice. But yeah, just vis visually appealing. To be honest, I don't think they're ever going to go back to a red jersey. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the current leadership on the team retires, I think they're going to do away with the current jerseys because they're kind of outdated and a little ugly. 
but there too there are too many wins in those uniforms to get rid of them as of right now. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that. And also the the helmet rule with the NFL, it's only one helmet, and though the Pat Patriot ones are white, so they yep. wouldn't even be able to go back to that if they if they wanted to. They would have to change the whole the whole outlook of it. Yeah, they'd just have to, to change back. that one rule, but I don't I, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I as a uniform lover in sport, I would love to see them do away with it. But if it's a bona fide safety issue, then do what's best for the players because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they might have a few issues with that going forward. Yep. All right. So now we'll go to the our fourth ones. And my fourth one all time is the Denver Nuggets 80s, early 90s rainbow jerseys. I like these because I actually own one. I own a, a Dikende Mutombo a jersey in this style. And I just it's it's a great it's a great looking jersey as the the Denver Nuggets uh, mountain skyline with the rainbow going across the chest. I just really like the overall look of it. So if you see anybody around campus with a Mutombo Nuggets jersey on it, that's me because I I just like the way it looks and I I always like that the style of it. All right, and coming in at my number four jersey. Um, I'm going to go with the Arizona Coyotes, which is currently their alternate jersey, but was also their first home jersey upon arriving in Arizona after moving from Winnipeg. Um, commonly referred to as the Kachina jersey. It's uh, the black jersey with the um, the coyote standing straight up holding the hockey stick. Kind of looks like a cartoon guy with uh, the green shoulder pads, uh, maroon trim. And it's just such a cool-looking jersey. I mean... The, to have this as your first jersey, I mean, the the fact that they have a cartoon uh, coyote in multiple different colors holding a hockey stick, it just it's so cool. I mean, when they originally moved to Phoenix, I feel like this was one of the big things that drew people to the team and was just the jerseys and how cool they looked on the ice. Um, and th- the fact that they brought them back now out there with Adidas as the all- current alternate is such a sick concept to me another jersey that i'd love to get my hands on one day um so that clocks in at my number four coming in at four for me is the early 90s phoenix suns jerseys uh this jersey i'm looking at right now it is purple it has the phoenix suns basketball logo in orange with streaking streaks across the front of the jersey also in orange says suns above the streaks in white and the number below it uh, with orange and black trim on the neck and arm holes, I suppose. Uh, just a cool-looking jersey and looks great with the colors orange and purple bouncing off each other. All right, so coming at uh, number three for me is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers creamsicle jerseys from the 1970s. <laughs> now, these are kind of infamous because the Buccaneers only won, like, I think, maybe three games in, in their, the whole history of these jerseys. But I think the fans in Tampa Bay, they, they kind of fell in love with them, even though it's synonymous with losing for them. But I just like the overall look of it. It's a great throwback. But unfortunately, like as we uh, talked about earlier, the Buccaneers cannot go back to it because I think those are also white helmets and they can only wear one helmet a season. But uh, I would love to them to go, for, for them to go back to this look because it's a really visually appealing look. And I also like the logo on the helmet, which is an old like pirate 
uh, with a knife in his mouth, like winking, like kind of weird, like creepy, but <laughs> but it's still it's still uh, it does the job. It, it, yeah, it does the job. It's a fun <laughs> logo to look at, and I just I I always admire these jerseys. Yeah, those those I I I had never even heard of those jerseys prior to you know maybe twenty minutes ago when Deej first brought them up to me. Oh my God, those jerseys were awful to look at, but they also were kind of sexy. Not gonna lie, I mean they. They just they I don't know they they would never fit in today's NFL, but they they were kind of cool for back in the day. Um, but let's go with uh, another jersey from back in the day. Um, clocking in at number three for me is the Toronto Raptors, nineteen ninety five to nineteen ninety nine. The purple jersey with the uh, Raptor dribbling a basketball. This is the jersey that became basically synonymous with Vince Carter. Um, I mean, he came in. The Raptors came into the league, and Vince Carter came in, and he wore this jersey. I own one of these jerseys with Vince Carter, first one on my list that I own. Um, it's just such a cool jersey. I mean, it, it's it's the very beginning of the history of the Raptors, and to have Vince Carter on the back of a jersey like this, just so cool. And you know which jersey I'm talking about. It's one of the most iconic basketball jerseys of all time um yeah, the the barney ones as i like to call them. yeah the barney jerseys yeah 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 um <laughs> but they're just really cool jerseys i love them um and yeah that's what i got my number three belongs to the st louis cardinals uh in their history they've gone back and forth with light blue and gray away jerseys i believe they brought back the light blue away jerseys for this season as an alternate and the light blue jerseys are my number three uh, they have red trim on going down the front and on the uh, what do you call it arms and st louis in cursive with the bat and the two birds i loved the old light blue away jerseys common in the nl really way back and i'd love to see them make a comeback just an overall cool-looking jersey for a pretty cool team. Go Red Sox. All right, now we're getting close to the end here. Now this number two all-time for me is the San Diego Chargers powder blue jerseys. Now they've had this this look kind of their whole their whole existence. It went back to the, the AFL, and now that it's always been like a third jersey for them when they when they got rid of it and put in the new look. But I just love this jersey. It has a lot of history. And I really, I really would like them to maybe bring this back as their full time jersey because I know the fans out there in San Diego and Los Angeles, I, I know they like it too. So it would be fun to see them bring it back. Now, are you talking the actual throwback versions with yellow pants? Or are you talking the modernized version with the navy bolt and everything? Um, I would say the modernized with okay. the with the white pants. Okay. Right. And then I also like their color rush that they brought. The uh, two years ago, yeah, the royal blue one too. Yeah, it it was throwing it back a little bit to the Dan Fouts era, but I don't believe they actually did too much in that era. Uh-huh. So I don't know how much they're going to be throwing it back, other than to a good look. Yeah, yeah. So it's overall, I like that jersey, and I'd like to see them bring it back someday as a full time jersey, not just as a alternate or a throwback. One of the jerseys that I think gets overlooked a lot in the National Hockey League. Um, so let me let me preface this with a little bit of a story. So the Columbus Blue Jackets, they uh, recently, when they 
when they score a goal, they have this giant cannon that's up in the 200s level or so that goes off whenever they score a goal, scares the living bejeebus out of people um, when it goes off if they're not ready for it. And that has kind of become a symbol of their team. You go there and you, you know, wait for the cannon, you take video of it, whatever. Uh, in 2010, actually, Columbus uh, unveiled a alternate jersey that had the cannon on it. It was a roundel logo with the Columbus Blue Jackets around it and then the cannon in the middle. It was a dark blue jersey with lighter blue stripes and a cream-colored like uh, shoulder plate. Um, shoulder yoke. Yeah, shoulder yoke. Thank you, Chris. Um, they had that from 2010 to 2016-17. And then when the league switched over to Adidas, they got rid of all alternate jerseys. And then this year, alternate jerseys came back, and they did a little bit of a revamping to it. Um, where they made the shoulder yoke and the other stripes a little bit darker of a cream color. Still cream, but not as light, and they just made it look more crisp. And I actually own one of these jerseys from the original time they wore them with Rick Nash on the back, one of uh, the best players in Columbus Blue Jackets history, also a New York Ranger, not a big deal. Um, and these are just, I mean, I think they get overlooked because just because of the significance they have to the team's meaning as well as the in uh, arena experience and then they put them on a jersey which is kind of cool like this would kind of be synonymous for me if the flyers put gritty on a jersey like <laughs> that would just be nuts so uh, these i just thought were always a cool jersey so that's my number two i hope to god they don't put gritty on a jersey <laughs> <laughs> the los angeles rams the greatest show on turf i suppose jerseys of royal blue and the away ones as well in white with the horns on the shoulders, blue and yellow, with the yellow pants, blue, white, blue stripe down the side, and the navy helmet, not necessarily royal, it was navy to begin with, so the navy helmet looks better with a gray face mask, in my opinion, is my number two favorite uniform of all time, just because it shouts Rams, and I can't think of any other NFL team, at least, that had a uniform that shouted their identity without being too crazy. All right, now the final countdown. Now, my number one overall favorite jersey of all time is the New York Mets uh, early 2000s black alternate row jerseys. Now, obviously, you know from listening to this podcast that I'm a Mets fan. So I grew up watching these jerseys on the field. Now, when they were he when the black jerseys were in, people kind of had like a, a problem with it because it wasn't traditional and it wasn't what the Mets were back in the day. But now I think people have, it's grown on them, and I, I think they kind of miss them now because we haven't had them in, I think, six or seven years. And I've seen, like, on Twitter, on Instagram, that people kind of are calling for them to come back. So maybe they could bring them back. I don't know if, if they want to do that, put it back into their uniform arsenal. But, no, these are just really great jerseys. It's It's like a flip of the traditional ones, so it's like... It's the New York across the chest, and there's black. And, and, and then when the regular road ones were gray with the New York across the chest with a black, black shadow. So just a reversal of what they usually wear on the road. But, uh, yeah, I would like to see them bring this back and make, give the fans what they want. All right. So we've seen Chris go with his number one jersey for a team that he likes, like his number, one of his number one teams. Um I will not be doing that. 
as much as I love the classic New York Rangers jerseys, um, they did not break my top five. They've been the same forever. They're a classic, but they're not, you know, bold uniforms stick out to me, things that make a splash, and this one certainly made a splash. Um, so I don't know if I could pick just one that had this logo. I'm going to have to, but the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, when they first were inducted into the NHL, um, they had the maroon jersey that was like three quarters maroon and like one quarter like sliced down the middle kind of green. Um, this was one of the jerseys that you saw Paul Correa, Tamu Solani, Scott Niedermeyer, um, the original jerseys that the Ducks wore. Um, and then this is the, I had one of these jerseys for a while. And then they went to um, the last couple of years. They've been like trying to play with that logo again. Um, they had a version of it as an alternate before they went to Adidas that was orange with that logo on it. And that one did not hit home for me at all. But then this past year for their alternate um, jersey, they had it was a, a black jersey with that logo and then green and purple stripes on it which I really, really liked. When this jersey came out, I was like, if I could have one thing for Christmas this year, it was this. And then I forgot to ask Santa for it. So um, this is just, this logo really is, I guess, the answer for me at my number one. But any jersey that pretty much has this logo on it does the job for me. Interesting how you both picked jerseys with elements of the color black as your favorites. Y'all are going to be so bored by my number one. Coming in at number one for me, I'm choosing LSU's home white football jerseys. So LSU has worn these uniforms for their whole history, really. Yellow helmet, purple, white, purple, stripe, LSU and the tiger on the side, purple face mask. White jerseys have purple numbers, purple, yellow, purple on the shoulders, yellow pants with the same stripe as the helmet. And they just look Damn good. They just look good. Purple and yellow go together really, really well, especially on a field. It doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that CBS does a good job with broadcasting all their games. Uh, this season, they rolled out uniforms where they wore purple helmets, where when light refracted off of them, it also showed yellow. And I thought it was the ugliest helmet I had ever seen. And I was so glad the following week to see them wearing their normal uniforms. So the LSU uniforms are my number one. So uh, congrats to LSU, the New York Mets, and the Anaheim Ducks for uh, making the Joy and Pain uh, Sports Podcast number one list of 2019 for jerseys. Uh, no, I just want to say, add to like the jersey conversation, it's crazy how jerseys can be like synonymous with winning and losing. And, like fans could be outraged about like what the teams choose to wear. And it's crazy how, like, even feelings change over time. Like, for example, like the Islanders, uh, what is it called? The Fisherman jerseys. Yeah. When they had, like, the... <laughs> those, are the <laughs> those are ugly. Yeah, <laughs> no, those, no, are, no. The, the, those are crazy. Like, pe people hated them. They wanted them, like, burned and shut down. But now, I think people kind of, like, are... They, yeah. they kind of want them back now because, yeah. like, it, it, it's nostalgia. People love nostalgia. It brings back memories. But, yeah... Over time, feelings change and people bring things back. And just crazy to see how that all pans out when teams uh, decide what, what they want to wear. An interesting side note, I was working one of our University of New Haven softball games this past weekend. And the Chargers 
as a home uniform or wearing charcoal gray jerseys and pants. And I can't remember a time where I saw a team in baseball or softball wearing gray at home. And it just was very strange. Have you guys ever seen away uniforms at home just kind of out of place? Not like the Dallas Cowboys or LSU football. What do you guys recall? Well, I know uh, the NBA is kind of doing that now where they're, like, they're allowing teams to just wear anything they want on the road and home because they call it like statement uh, association. Like they just remove the term home and away. So it's allow- allowing people to wear whatever they want. I think Nike is just trying to cash in there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, they're just trying to sell jerseys, but yeah. yeah. The, the one instance I can think of is um, the LA Kings, uh, for their 50th anniversary, they came out with a gray jersey that was their alternate, but they wore it at home as an alternate. So they were wearing a gray home jersey and allowing the other team, because it was like a lighter gray, to wear their home jerseys. So they technically were both wearing home jerseys, but one was gray. So, like, I don't know. That kind of was a weird look for me. I'd like to see more color-on-color matchups on TV just aesthetically. I know the premise of having white home or away jerseys was originally just so on black and white TV you could distinguish which team was which, but we're beyond that. So it would be really cool to see changes going forward perhaps with expanding monetization. Oh, wow, those are, that's interesting. I can't imagine that in a game. I'm looking at the LA Kings gray jersey right now. I can't imagine that in a game with another, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did they win? Um, They wore it for like a season, then got rid of it when they went over to Adidas, and I think they brought it back this year, I want to say. But maybe I'm just dumb and don't remember. I don't actually, I take that back. They did not bring it back this year. Um, and also take it back. You're not dumb, Ryan. Going off what Kenny said <laughs> about about color and color matchups, I think as we get more into the HD 4K, oh, okay. I think we'll definitely be able to see more color and color matchups, especially with what the NBA is doing. And even with the NFL, with the color rush, how they're allowing teams to wear, uh, like we saw the Buccaneers and Rams, the, the ketchup bowl, the ketchup oh, and mustard yeah. bowl with the yeah. red and uh, gold. But, yeah, we're definitely going to see that a lot more. But I think teams have to watch out because sometimes the colors clash. Yeah. And uh, people were like, color blindness, they can't determine yeah. which colors, which, like with the Christmas Bowl with the Jets yeah. and Bills, they wore green and red. And people with color blindness couldn't determine who was who. And then also I remember another instance when they first started doing it, when the Knicks had their old uh, orange jerseys, yeah, their alternates, they played the Hawks who were wearing their red jerseys. So yeah, it was cool. like, it was very confusing and like they're going really fast on TV. So you couldn't really see who was who just like glancing at it. So it could be confusing at times, but I think overall we're going to see a push towards color and color matchups. Yeah. Um, that's something that actually the Carolina Hurricanes have been at the forefront of this year. Um, their newly appointed owner, who is also a investor in the AAF, Tom Dundon, um, has outwardly said that he absolutely despises the team's uh, road jerseys, the white jerseys that they have. So for a couple games this season, they've actually been doing it in the preseason for a couple years, but now that he's been their owner, um, he basically said, you know what, I don't care who we're playing. If I want to wear my home jerseys on the road and have a dark jersey on dark jersey matchup, as long as it wasn't a, a red team that they were playing he wanted to do it. it started against the anaheim ducks earlier this year they both were home 
in Anaheim. And that was the first time since they think they said 2000 that, you know, two teams have worn their home jersey in a regular season game indoors. Outdoors, it's one thing, you know, stadium series, they always have weird colors play against each other. But Carolina's been at the forefront of that this year. And, uh, you know, it was weird because usually when you go to uh, on the road, the home team has the choice of what jersey they want to wear. And especially when you go to a place like Montreal, which has a huge uh, storied history of hockey, they don't really wear different colored jerseys at home. And then the Carolina Hurricanes, who are a team that have kind of been a joke, not really successful, go in there and are like, yeah, listen here, Montreal, you're going to wear your white jerseys and we're going to come in and wear what we want. And they kind of just were like, okay, I guess so. So I don't know. Hurricanes are mashing things up. They went with the, the Whalers jersey this year. Nuts. Yeah, I would, I would like to see them maybe expand on the Whalers stuff and start wearing the white version of the, the jersey. They have it in the rotation, like both the white and the green, so then they could alternate when they're on the home and road yeah. and stuff like that. Really cool. But, yeah, I think also it's just a, a ploy to just make more money. Yeah. Also, yeah. I think that. But I, I do like to see a lot of options for teams also. Yeah, I think... It was really shown when Nike came out with the Color Rush jerseys because it makes a lot more sense. And I'm sure there were plenty of chats about having throwback Thursdays instead. But throwbacks have been done time and time again, whereas Color Rush is this new fantastical idea for Thursday night game games that don't really have the viewers that Sunday games do. Um, also, speaking of the Whalers, greatest logo ever... Greatest logo ever. The W, the H, and the Whale Tails. Oh, love it. Love it, love it, love it. I don't think I've gone a podcast recording without talking about the Whalers. Yeah, I would agree with that. The Whalers, Whalers logo is probably top five on my list of all time. Oh, 100%. I agree. Yeah. But that, that could be a discussion for another show. Top five logos of all time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, a quick question. Do you guys like what the NBA is doing with like five different jerseys for each team? And like new ones each year, or do you, you like the tradition of home road one alternate, and then that's it? Um, I, as a person who's a big soccer fan, I understand the concept of changing the jersey every year. Um, a, it's a money thing, and B, it, you know, it kind of, for me, it um, basically takes whatever happened in the past and it remembers it, but it doesn't have it affect your history like changing the jersey every year kind of puts like almost like a, a mr clean magic eraser on the whole last season and it just changes everything it doesn't even have to be a big change like i know certain jerseys like the knicks they went um this year they changed from they have their uh white throwback looking jersey that's like an extra jersey the yeah the statement jersey statement jersey and then they have their new third jersey this year is the the navy blue version of it yeah. so it doesn't have to be a big change i mean but it can if you change it every year can affect you know erasing memories that are bad from the past seasons or if you keep the jersey and just make a minor tweak to it keep the good times rolling i'm kind of double dipping with my opinion i like fresh ideas fresh concepts and overall innovation but there's some things that shouldn't be touched like as i mentioned lsu has beautiful gold helmets but the second you switch them out for these flashy cool things that are really just to bring in recruits uh, it 
questions the integrity of the older uniforms and how great they really are. As far as the NBA's five or so jerseys per team, it just depends on if the jersey sells and if fans really like it. I really like Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets' black jerseys with colored trim. I don't know the specific stripe to it or anything. Is it, is it the the Kuji ones? Yes. The, the, yes. the honoring the yeah, Biggie Smalls. Oh, with yeah. the, it's called the, the City Edition. I think it, that, I, yeah. I love those. I love those. If I had enough yeah. money in my wallet, I would put money to those because I think they're gorgeous. I think they stand for Brooklyn, and those are jerseys that could be on every fan in Barclays Center. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. But, yeah, like you said, if, they, if they're changing it for – like a reason, I like that. But if they're just changing it just to like put an extra color on it just to sell it, then I don't like it. Like going back to the Knicks, like last year they had the city edition where they honored the fire department and they had like the fire department crest on it with like number and the ladder. I like those. And then this year they had, they went back to I think the the 40s and they had the, the checkerboard uh, uh, sleeve trims with like a, a straight across New York. I like that too. But also, I don't want to be spending uh, $120 a year on jerseys. Like I know I like them a lot, but it kind of gets uh, expensive to buy all these jerseys. Yeah. Another thing along with uniforms, I don't like throwing in colors arbitrarily. Chris's number one was the New York Mets black jersey, and I think that's the only time that little era of New York Mets history where they wore black, it felt like they were doing it just because it was a cool trend rather than any impact historically. And I don't, I don't, eh, it's not my favorite thing to see teams doing things like that, especially, uh, who is it, Oregon, with whole crazy, shiny, and too much, too much. Yeah. I think back in the early, I think it was just the 90s in general, they just had, according to the uniform uh, community, it's called Black for Black's Sake, mm -hmm. where, yeah, like, like you said, teams just throw black in there just to, just to do it. Yeah. And the Mets did it, yeah, I don't know why they did it. They just added a black drop shadow to the iconic Mets script just to have it there. And then they added the black uh, home and road ones to go along with it. But yeah, there's just no reason to do that. It was just uh, just to do it for to copy everybody else. Yeah, and I think the recent trend has been that charcoal anthracite, I think Nike calls it, the darker gray, like uh, New Haven softball, I believe. A few other teams have done similar things. I know a few years back, Nike redid a bunch of schools for like one weird little tournament at the beginning of the season and all of them had like charcoal gray i remember seeing michigan states and michigan state is green and white i don't know where they got that from but it's just it feels like you're taking away from the existing brand and adding something on for the fun of it and just doing it knowing it won't last and it just feels very cheap in my opinion yeah, going off that, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks, they, they kind of, mm -hmm. they try to change the road jersey for MLB. Like, they added a darker gray and then also the, like, snake the, the snakeskin pattern on the shoulders and the pants. And I think people did, people hated it so much that I think they, they retracted the snakeskin on the pants, mm -hmm. I think. But yeah, they're just trying to change things when you don't really have to change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. All right, so anything... Anything else you want to add about our uniform discussion here before we move on? No, I think we could just go into the top uh, top games. All right, so now we're going to discuss our top three all-time games that we've either witnessed in person or on TV. I think this, this discussion is kind of unique because 
you could say, oh, my favorite game was uh, Babe Ruth hitting the home run, but you didn't actually see that in yeah. person. No, so you can't really relate to that. But this list is going to be our personal list that we've seen and everything that it means to us. So who wants to start? Um, start on this side. Start with Kenny. All right, All right sure. Kenny. So my third favorite game that I was in attendance for is on April 5th, an early season matchup between the Boston Red Sox and the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was only the second game of the season, but it was Chris Sale's first game as a Boston Red Sox. I was in attendance. I was in the outfield. There was a business event up in Boston earlier in the day that I was at and decided to catch the game afterwards. I was in the outfield for about eight innings, and it was a scoreless game up until the end, but that end was in the 12th inning when Sandy Leon hit a walk-off homer to beat the Pirates in 12 at about halfway through the 11th, well, no, at about the end of the 11th inning, so the top of the 12th, I decided, you know what? I have to wake up early tomorrow. I'm not going to finish this game. So I was walking out, and I stepped foot outside of Fenway Park, and I hear the crowd erupt. And all I can think is, oh, son of a bitch, I just missed it. <laughs> so that's my number three favorite game, having attended. Ryan? Um, all right, so we'll go with my number three favorite game. Um, I was actually at this game. Um, it was a birthday gift from my parents. Um it was a game between Real Madrid and AC Milan, and one would think, wow, you're pretty spoiled. You got to go to Europe to go see this game. And there's where you're wrong, because the game was at Yankee Stadium, so that's a pretty cool game to get to go to. This was pre-New York City FC playing in that stadium, so there were very few soccer events held there. Um, the reason I got to go to this game was because I was a huge fan of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who at the time was playing for AC Milan. And upon the week of the game, it uh, was said that Zlatan would not be in any more AC Milan lineups as he was expecting to be sold on a transfer market. So that was just great. But it was still a really cool experience. Real Madrid won the game 5-1. Um, I went with my father, my brother, um, and two of my, well, my friend and his father. Um, it was a very cool game to go to. Um, it was just, it was a sick environment being at Yankee Stadium and seeing two all-time top European clubs playing each other. So, number three on my list. All right, so number three on my list. All three of mine are from TV. I didn't go to any of these games, but my third overall is uh, the Johan Santana no-hitter mm. back on, I believe it was June 1st, 2012. I, believe, I think it was a Friday night. So, I, w- I wasn't doing anything. I was in high school hanging around so I decided to turn the Met game on so put it on and I was sitting I, I wasn't sitting on my couch I was sitting on the floor next to my couch for some reason I decided to sit there so then I'm watching the game innings go by fourth inning fifth inning and then you realize he's throwing a no hitter so I'm like all right I'm just gonna <laughs> sit stay in this spot the whole time <laughs> until someone gets a hit so then my mom comes in the room. She's like, oh, what's going on? I was like, be quiet, please. I'm not trying to watch the game. <laughs> she, she comes in again. Oh, can we change it now? I want to watch something else. I'm like, no, Ma. Throwing no hitter. I can't move. <laughs> my brother's trying to bother me. Everybody's trying to bother me. Then uh, 
my dad start wa- starts watching a little bit. Then he goes to sleep. So then uh, what, what happened? Beltron hits the foul ball, but it was really fair. But they called it <laughs> foul. That that saved the game. So then um, what happens next? Uh, he he threw like 150 pitches that game, which he, it ruined his career, which was sad because <laughs> he made history, but then it, he ultimately paid the price for it by doing that to himself. But then at the bottom of the ninth inning, um, two outs. My dad wakes up. He goes, well, what's going on? I said, Tanner's throwing no hitter. So then they get the last out. We celebrate. So I like to call my dad a bandwagon fan for that one because <laughs> he missed the whole thing. Just, he watched the last out of the game. But yeah, that was just a great moment in Mets history. I'm glad I got to see it in person while I was watching TV. And I'm glad that I, I chose to watch that game because that wasn't really a good season overall. But I was able to watch that. Coming in at number two for me, just this past season's LSU-Texas A&M football game. I was, I was watching the beginning of the game on TV and had to run around, get some stuff done, running around as my Saturdays go usually. And I go and check on the score towards the end of the fourth quarter and I see exactly what's going on. And I'm like, okay, interesting. I, I, I just, if you can't tell, I'm a little bit of an LSU football fan, just a little bit. So, game goes on, and I'm running around. Then I go and check, and I see that the end of regulation has come, and it's tied. So I'm thinking, okay, they're going to go into overtime, and it, I hope LSU wins. I don't want Texas A&M to win. I, nah. And I go to lie down in bed, and I'm just watching live stats on my phone, and I see it update going into double overtime, triple overtime, <laughs> four overtime periods. I'm like, oh my God, is this game going to end? I'm like, fine, all right, I'm going to bed, fall asleep, wake up for, a, or fall asleep for about an hour, wake up, and I see the game is still going. <laughs> this comes after LSU celebrated by dumping their Gatorade water slurry, whatever, on Coach O. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, all right, keep, keep doing you, but don't lose. Oh, they lost. They lost. And that's my number two. All right, my number two, um, another game I was actually very fortunate enough to be at. Uh, Also comes in 2012, so 2012 was a good year in sports for me. Um, 2012, January 1st. um, Typically, January 1st is associated with the Bridgestone NHL Winter Classic. And that year, the New York Rangers happened to be playing in that game against the Philadelphia Flyers in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, So I'm going to start this off by saying um, I think my official hatred for the city of Philadelphia started on this day when I got there. And no sooner had I walked into the arena that a Flyers fan decided that because I was wearing a Sean Avery jersey, keep in mind I was maybe 14 at the time, 13, that I was a good person to pick a fight with. So I'm on the escalator and I'm trying to walk up to my seats and enjoy my time as a 14-year-old going to a hockey game outdoors to find out that these two drunk idiot Flyer fans tried to start a fight with me. So that's besides the point. Um, Rangers go on to win this game 3-2 after two goals from absolute NHL superstar legend fourth liner Mike Rupp. Um, And... 
In the dying moments of the game, Henrik Lundqvist stops a penalty shot on Daniel Briere from the Philadelphia Flyers um, after a BS call where Ryan McDonough got called for putting his hand on the puck in the crease. And yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter, we won. Um, and then not only was that the first outdoor game I got to go to for the Rangers, um, but on the way down after all the Flyers fans were all salty, um, we were like, we're going to get... Me and my family were like, we're going to get killed when we were walking down this, this, uh, these stairs. And alas, we did not because we happened to find one Mr. Boomer Esiason and walk down with him as our personal bodyguard that day. So it was a pretty cool day. Not only did I get to go to the game, see a Rangers win, but I also got to meet Boomer Esiason on that day. So that was pretty cool. All right. So my second overall game of all time is when... Jeremy Lin single-handedly defeated the Los Angeles Lakers and Kobe Bryant. So a little backstory to this one. Uh, this was like, I think this really set off Linsanity in New York City. Like, this was the game that really set it off. It was going on previously. I think he played two games before this one. I think it was that Nets game where he debuted and he, he went off. And then a game after that, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. So they asked Kobe Bryant... In the pregame interview, they go, oh, what do you think of Jeremy Lin? He goes, who's that? Right then and there, <laughs> uh, Kobe was done because Jeremy Lin took the, put, put the team on his back. And he's, I, he scored like, I don't even know how many, he scored like 35 points, 10 assists. Like he almost had a triple-double. It was just crazy to watch. And that whole insanity was just insane from a Knicks fan's perspective because he just came out of nowhere. He just came, he came off the bench one day against the Nets. And then the rest is history. But yeah, it was a really special game. I was watching it on TV, and uh, he just lit up the garden, lit up the Lakers, and I just really, that's just some, so, um, such a memorable moment for me because he, he he was so great that season, but then he just like, it was like a flame. He just, he lit up, and then he just went out at the end of the year. They they never re-signed him, and yeah, just the, the rest is history with that. But that was just a great game to watch, Jeremy Lin versus the Lakers. So on you TV. Were at that game? No, I saw it on TV. Ah, uh, yes, yes, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if you were at that game, no, yeah. how, how are you not wearing his jersey? No, no, no. You probably get it on sale now for like three $2. bucks. Yeah. $2. On eBay if you want a Jeremy Lin Nick jersey. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my second overall game. My number one overall favorite game having attended Yale Harvard Football 2017. I was working the event, it was pouring in the morning. I was actually working the game with my younger brother. He was a high school junior at the time. Hadn't spent much time with him in some time just because I'm in college and he was not. So we arrive at the Yale Bowl, get briefed, start doing our normal things, and we're assigned to a parking lot, just kind of wandering around, making sure people aren't having too much fun. After about two hours of that, I get the radio call in, hey, Kenny, bring you, bring your brother and come down to the Yale sideline. We need some help. Okay, all right, sure, fine, no problem. Hop on a car, get driven over, dropped off, run down. Okay, Kenny, so we're short on staff. We need you and your brother to be on the sideline as a ball boy. All right, bet. <laughs> so my brother and I are on the Harvard sideline rotating balls, and the game starts slow for Yale. I believe Harvard knocks a field goal through to take a three-zip lead about halfway through the first quarter or so. 
And from there on, they didn't score a single point. There was a touchdown run, I believe, by... I can't remember who it was. But somebody up the sideline by where my brother and I were standing. They score, and the crowd erupts. And my brother looks at me dead in the eye with the look of a sparkle and shock and awe. And he looks at me, I want to I wanna play college football. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably... Overall, my number one favorite sport moment in my number one overall favorite sport game. All right. So my previous two, I have actually been at live. My number one moment, however, I did not get to be in attendance at this game, but I watched it live. Um, first of all, big shout out to the people I watched this game with, uh, Justine Spina and Brian Lithen. Um, we had the bold idea to go to Buffalo Wild Wings on the night of the Rangers Game 7 in 2015 against the Washington Capitals. Um, it was the second round. Um, Rangers had been down in the series. They forced a Game 7. Um, we, we, were at the, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings eating, kind of milling around, trying to make sure that we could stay there until the end of the game. Um, and then we see the games going to overtime, and we're like, Oh, we might have to order more food just so we could stay here a little bit longer. And then they get to overtime. Um, and at with 8.36 left in first overtime, my boy, no longer with the team, one of my all-time favorites, Derek Stepan, puts the OT winner in the back of the net, um, firing home Dan Girardi's shot. Um it, it was electric in, in Buffalo Wild Wings. We were hugging people we didn't know. We were hugging each other. We were just going crazy, jumping up and down. People were flipping tables. Um, I, that moment is one of the few moments in sports that I can watch the YouTube clip up clip of on repeat over and over and get chills every single time without failure. Um, so that is my all-time number one favorite sports moment. All right, now to wrap it up, my number one, number one overall sports moment comes from... I think I believe it was 2014, January 2014. Knicks, Charlotte Bobcats. <laughs> Watch it on TV again. Uh, Carmel Anthony, 62 points at the at Madison Square Garden. Now this is significant because before, previously to this, uh, the record holder at Madison Square Garden was Kobe Bryant, and he scored 61 at the Garden. Now, it's a great accomplishment for him, but as a Knicks fan, you you would want a Knicks player to hold that record. So, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, he knew that. It was in his head, and he took the floor, and he had, like, 35 points at halftime. He hit a half-court shot at the buzzer to go to halftime, and then he just went off on the Bobcats. And I think I think it was a close game, too. I don't think it was, like, once, like, handedly. Like, it was an exciting game. And uh, I think his 62nd point was either scored on a free throw or I think a layup that, like, rimmed – almost came out and then went back in. So it's a great moment in Knicks history for a great player, a great Nick, uh, Knicks legend, Carmel Anthony. And, yeah, again, I was watching at home, so I was going nuts on my couch <laughs> with my family. Just a great memory that I had watching the Knicks now because I don't have memories anymore because it's so bad. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully in the future, hopefully this summer, they get better and get another player that can score 63 points and break his record. <laughs> yes, Zion Williamson, 63 points, uh, January 2021. 
right, so, so yeah, for today. that wraps up our uh, rankings there. Uh, anything else you want to add? No, just, uh, yeah, good show. Good job, everybody. Great, great rankings, great lists. And uh, hopefully we could do this again uh, another time with another another subject of conversation. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. All right, so thank you for listening to another edition of the Joint Pain Sports Podcast. I'm Christy Geronimo. I'm Ryan Lesman. I'm Kenny Sorrentino. And we'll catch you next week. Same time, same place. Have a good week.